I cannot believe my son just did that. Even after telling him over 37 times not to dot, 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 he still did it anyway, right? We could all fill in that blank with a plethora of things. Do you ever feel like no matter how many times or ways you ask your toddler to do something or not do something, they just won't listen? When did communication become so exhausting, right? I am happy to share with you, mama, that even if you're there, you don't have to stay that way. We all became mamas at different times in different ways and under different circumstances, right? But however, something that unites us all together in our motherhood is that love we have for our kids and more than likely our desire to connect and communicate with them. With that desire at the focus of so many of your hearts today, I couldn't wait to have my guest, Dina Lynn Rosenbush, a child language specialist and host of the Language of Play podcast on the Energized Mama podcast today. For all of us moms in the throes of daily temper tantrums and emotional outbursts, Dinah Lynn is here to give us some much needed guidance and practical tips in how to guide conversations with our littles and feel empowered in our communication skills and decisions as a mom. So if you're like me, grab a pen and paper for this one. You're going to want to take notes. Let's get to playing with our kids again. Hey mama, welcome to the Energize Mama podcast. Do you want a better work-life balance and more time and energy? Do you find yourself thinking, how can I add more hours into the day? Or are you Googling how to deal with mom guilt and can my marriage survive toddlers? Do you wake up with big goals only to feel overwhelmed and defeated when you have no one to help you and your littles aren't listening to you again? Hey, I'm Cheyenne. I too was an exhausted mom away from the help of my family. I too felt constantly drained with a strong-willed toddler and wished I could find balance between being a wife, a mom, stepmom, and entrepreneur. I wanted more energy to give myself and my husband, to discipline my kids confidently, and incorporate faith into our home. All the things, right? But I kept telling myself that I couldn't do it feeling this exhausted and without a community supporting around me until I found a healthy balance of endless energy and raising Jesus-loving littles. In this podcast, you will find that too. You will find time and energy boosting tips and tricks, guidance for disciplining your littles, and what to do when you have no help so that you will find balance between all your roles. Stop feeling drained and learn to trust your own mom tuition. Time to grab those headphones, pour that green smoothie, and get ready to get your daily energy boost. I've got you, mama. Well, hello, hello, mamas. It is so good to greet you here on another episode of Mom Nation, where my heart's desire is to make you feel uplifted, inspired, and a little more loved as you leave my episode more than when you came in. And today, I'm so glad you've joined us for this episode because I have such a wonderful guest, someone who has not only become such a great mentor, but a very kind, near and dear friend to me. And I know that she has so much wisdom to share with you today. I am so excited and so pumped to be able to welcome you today to the podcast host of Language of Play, Miss Dina, Dina, excuse me, almost went there, Dina Lynn. And uh, Dina Lynn, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Would you please say a big hello to Mom Nation? Hello, all you mamas out there listening to Mom Nation. You have found a treasure in Cheyenne's podcast. I really appreciate what it is that she does. And she and I are so connected in how it is that we want to serve and help mamas. 
And a bit bit about me, I have worked as a speech language pathologist for 25 years. Well, well more than that. So let's just say over 25 years, I've raised my own children and I am now a grandma and my grandchild is learning to talk. He's 18 months and it brings back all the thoughts, the memories as I watch my daughter and my grandson from when I was in that stage. And, and, and it just brings back how much I love to do this work too. And so as a student, I'm able to stay with the little littles as they begin language, but also work with children as they go all the way through the school age um, when they need to learn language, such as language delay. And then I also have a certificate in dual language learning. So, you know, whenever it's language related, that's what it is that I really have fun developing and doing. So yes, I'm super, super happy to be here on Mom Nation. Thank you, Cheyenne, for having me today. Oh my gosh, it is so my pleasure. And something that I feel every mom listening today is that you are so, you are bilingual in yourself in that you not only obviously speak English and maybe some other languages I don't know, but you are so proficient in the language of love. Like I just listened to you and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just want to listen more. And you're so warm and welcoming. So what I love is you have so much experience about this topic that we're about ready to dive into, but you also, you package it in such a way that you, you say it with the most like youngest grandma intention and voice ever because it's funny I'm looking at you right now you ladies cannot see but she is so youthful and so glowing but it's like that grandma warmth you know it's like you also had a grandma and it's like they are like our first mentors and the women that just like to teach you the, the, the old ways and the ones that have gone before us. And so I'm so happy that you can offer us that wisdom today too. Um, because you know, the ladies listening to this podcast right now, more than likely, uh, they are moms of littles, just like I find myself, just like your daughter finds herself. And so as you know, so well, we're in that season where we're so excited as you just shared, like your 18 month old grandson, right. Is finally using his first words and putting them together. And and you're seeing his brain work at this like exponential value. So we feel this, this excitement, you know, I think so many moms, you know, feel like, Oh, I can't wait for them to speak. I just want to be able to interact. But then there's also that other side of when they do start and then they don't stop. Right. Or then (laughs) (laughs) At least that's, at least that's what's going on in my household. And, um, you know, and we so often can feel overwhelmed by this because once they then begin to be able to communicate, they don't always communicate in the ways that we want and they can become, um, or they at least can feel like they're very demanding and emotional. So I thought we would start the episode today and kind of just dive right in right to where so many of my mamas are, right? They're in the throes of temper tantrums. They're in the middle of emotional outbursts. And so often that's happening in times or places we don't want them. Hello, in the middle of the grocery store, anyone? So basically, with all of your years of experience, not just as a mom and a grandma, but as a, you know, a speech therapist and all the other value that you have to bring us today, I was wondering if you can just share with that mama who's there in that space, what is her child going through right now? Like, how can you help us understand our littles a little better? (laughs) That is a good question. And I do think that the answer is like embedded in your question. When Mm. we understand what they are going through, what is going on in their brain, it makes it a lot easier on us to be able to accept what it is that we're seeing without taking it personally or feeling like we're being judged Mm. or doing it wrong and all of those things that hurt our heart. But before I go into that, 
I think every mama needs to remember to nourish themselves. It's really hard to get enough sleep, hard to get enough to clean water and lessen their screen time, lessen your sugar, increase your, your exercise, you know, all the things that we know to take care of ourselves. I have to first put a plug into that being like your foundation. I know that's Mm. difficult, but I also know that you have episodes. I looked at, you know, like I've listened to some of your episodes and some of them are really specific on nourishing and taking good care of your physical and mental health. And so parking that piece of foundation, let's move on to the answer to your question. And maybe even you want to link, oh, I wish I could remember the number. I just listened to it yesterday. Um, whatever episode it was, I'll, I'll tell you after this, you can link it in your show notes because it was just yeah. really good for moms that, to take care of themselves. Not that that's easy. I get that that is not mm-hmm. easy, <laughs> but okay. So moving on what it is that I want to say about what's going on inside your little kid's brain. So if you were, well, here, I'm going to draw a word picture. And in order to see if my listeners are able to follow all my words, I want you to shut your eyes like you're not hearing. And I just follow my instruction and I'll see whether or not I'm making sense. So put your palm up and make a five. And now this, we're going to create a brain. Fold your thumb in. Good. Now, when your thumb is in, you've got four fingers in the air and that center part of your thumb becomes your lizard brain, your your center. It is controlling your respiration and all of that kind of stuff, right? Now, fold your four fingers over your thumb. Good. Now, that is your emotional brain. And the emotional brain is going to be the main operating system for a child until they are, well, the brain isn't fully developed till 26, 26. Wow. Yeah. Let's think about that. So our emotional brain is that part. Now take your other hand and clasp over the top of the whole fist. Got it. I'm doing this too, by the way, ladies. (laughs) Yes. And so I'm watching her to see if I'm giving enough instruction. (laughs) So then if you take a look at the outer hand, that outer hand is going to be your thinking brain, your logic, your referencing, your all of that stuff that comes with problem solving. So take that away. And now, open your eyes, that's fine. Now you've got, mainly when you're looking at this, you've got your four fingers over your thumb, and that is your, what is called your limbic brain, your lizard brain. Your, it is, I'm sorry, lizard is inside. Limbic brain is your four fingers, that is your emotional brain. And that controls so much of everything that your child has going on. So when we see them, have a total meltdown because you said you dropped your mitten. (laughs) Um, You got to remember that that is the only part of their brain that they are really working with. Not that they don't occasionally have firing into the the outer cortex. There's an occasional zip zing that goes out there and you say, wow, they really thought that. And it's true. It's not like dead space, but the wiring is not complete. (laughs) The wiring is not reliable. But in that emotional brain, that's where their wiring is reliable. So when you start to think about how the brain actually develops and how the brain grows, their emotional responses is where it is that they are feeling and thinking. Mm. So how is it then that we as parents can talk into the part of their brain that works the best? So we talk into their emotions. So Mm. if we talk into the emotions, we're going to say, oh, darn, your mitten fell. Bummer. (laughs) You're acknowledging the big old feeling that they had. 
Right. They can then they can connect with you or be seen. That that feeling of I'm seen and I'm heard often will diffuse that situation. Wow. That literally just I think you just like transported yourself over here to Belgium and saw my like morning commute because we had a little bit of a meltdown (laughs) over uh, how much, how many layers we had to wear this morning. And uh, it was snowing here actually for the first time this winter. And, uh, you know, so I totally understand that and, and, and the way you broke it apart. And, and I think many mamas out there have expressed to me that they are visual learners. You made that so visual for us. And, and, you know, I couldn't help, but as I was sitting here looking at my hand, I just thought it was so funny that the part that you were describing is actually the toddler's brain. I don't know if any of you other mamas did this, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like a punch, like ready. I'm ready to lash (laughs) out. And that is so though how it feels, right? It feels like at any moment's notice, sometimes our toddlers are like that. And I know that it can also even cause us to want to also respond and react, I should say, out of our emotions because there's this big outburst of emotions. And then sometimes we are all human. It just causes us to feel that way too. So you kind of like answered almost my next question of like, I was curious about, is it how we communicate with them that helps us connect better? And you definitely gave us some wonderful advice and tip to speaking to their emotions, like connecting with them almost on their level where they're at. And so I guess my follow-up to that would be, would you say, is it more like what we say or is it more of how we say it when it comes to our toddlers? Uh, I will say it's both. (laughs) Okay. No easy answers, but no, that's good. Tell us why. Why is it both? Okay. So, so when we talk about how, and don't mm-hmm. let me forget to talk about the what. So we'll talk okay. about these two different things. Mm-hmm. So first, let's just talk about the how, because we were just talking about emotions. So when you talk to a child that is having a big feelings, one thing to keep in mind is that those feelings that they have inside of them can scare them. So they're not sure what it is that they're feeling. So having a big feeling to, you know, a milk cup dropping or having to put on another layer or uh, being told to go to bed, whatever, you know, we, we all know that anything can trigger it. Yeah. So if we keep in mind that when they have a response to the thing that happened, that response internally for them of, oh, darn, is not, it's more like, ah! <laughs> yep. that can scare them, which mm. increases how they respond to it. It has nothing wow. to do with you. It's all going on inside of them. So if we can step into that compassion that we have for them when they're having like, oh my gosh, look at you, which means we step out of our emotional mm-hmm. brain and we go into that, that outer cortex where, I mean, we need to stay connected obviously to the emotions, but we go into that outer color cortex where, where, where we're able to watch it, not feel it so much, but watch it and take a look mm. at what it is that the child is experiencing. And when you watch their body, can you tell how it is that their body is feeling? So sometimes, at least when my children were small, before I knew any of this stuff, I reacted with anger to anger and with joy to joy and with sad to sad and with, you know, like I just joined them at first. I, I yeah. didn't know. And that ramps it up. <laughs> Makes it 
even worse <laughs> for the right. both of you, I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. And so then as I started learning, well, what's going on inside my child, then I started realizing, oh, I can watch, I can take a deep breath and just watch them with curiosity mm. myself. Mm. So I can, I can be curious about like, if I had that posture in my body, I might be feeling maybe um, jealous, maybe abandoned, wow. maybe yeah. rejected, maybe alone, maybe sad, maybe, you know, like whatever it is that they might be feeling, I can watch now. And then I can say very calmly and in that gentle voice, oh, sweetheart, you look disappointed. And then mm. you are giving them language for what it is that they're feeling. That's one yes. thing. And the second thing is that they, again, feel seen and heard. Mm. So one thing that happens when you give them a word for it, you perk up their interest because they're like, what? Ooh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes that happens. Not always. Nothing happens always. And then, um, and then the other thing is, you, you know, you're giving them more foundation to be able to recognize that if there's a word for it, it's not as scary what I'm feeling on the inside. Mm, and then yeah. they know that they're seen and heard and that will draw the two of you together. So whenever you see these kind of meltdowns, now I see that as an enormous opportunity for connection. Yes. Yes. And so here's the next little thing I want to do with you because we're still talking about the how to deal with. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think about, you know, my, my podcast is titled The Language of Play. So I want you to think for a little bit in your head when you think of the word play, and I want you to think of the word play for you as an adult, what words might go with play? So if you and your husband were out, there's no children around. So I want you to not <laughs> think about Legos and, and, you know, the little things that they're playing with. I don't want you to think tea set. I want you to think you and your husband or your best friend, you're out for a walk doing something. Okay. What words would you use to describe the activity? I am going to participate in this here, ladies. Yes. Uh, I would say that for me, instantly laughter came yes. to, yes, laughter and ease and ease. Like I'm not stressed or thinking about things. I'm just, there's an ease, a comfort, um, freedom, right? It's kind of like that feeling of not being restricted by rules when you're playing, right? You, your imagination, even as an adult, Right. I Imagination. That's a key mm -hmm. one too. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you're not restricted by time either. Yeah, that's true. Especially if the kids aren't there. <laughs> right, right, right. So what I heard just out of the top of your thoughts was ease, freedom, imagination, and the restrictions are gone. Right. And so I think of that as time restriction, because for me personally, time restriction always makes me a little bit more agitated. And with our children, we're always by the clock trying to, you know, remember nap time, all this stuff. So I want to add to that because that's exactly right. I also think of play as it's an adventure. We're mm. curious. We're being creative. So if you're out yes. hiking in the woods and you see some plants and you're like, wow, what is that? That very act is playful because you're wondering you're it's, in the state of mind that brings you to explore to discover like those kind of words so i want you to take all those kind of words that you that we've just talked about and there's so many that would fall in that category there's hundreds of words like that and if you have that state of mind and if you can get that presence within you the mm -hmm. language will come to you 
how to talk to your temper tantruming two-year-old. <laughs> yes. Okay. But that state of, of mind, look at that, um, that tantrum or, or even when they're looking at bugs on the ground and you're trying to get them in to brush their teeth. If you can set back for just a moment and get in that, that state of wonder, that state of play mm, yes. and use that language that would naturally come with play. So you'd say, what are you looking at? And he is excited about the ant. And you say, mm. that is a cool ant. I wonder where he's going. And then you can use it to say, I bet he's going home. It's time to brush teeth. Do you think you should too? And if you take a little bit of time to use the language that plays where he's at, because he's in a state of wonder, and you join his wonder, transition it, and then both of you go happier. Mm. I do want to caveat that nothing happens 100% of the time. Right. <laughs> I know that. I know that. It yes. sounds so perfect when I say it. But it is a practice to get into because yes. if you can step into that wonder with them and notice what it is that they're doing, then you can transition better. And when they have this big fit because a uh, five-year-old Johnny built the tower of blocks and, and two-year-old knocks it down, so five-year-old gets mad, and you step into the... The feeling of where he's at, not to feel it ourselves, but to have the wonder and the conversation about, huh, I wonder why he did it. And then, of course, your temper, the five-year-old's going to be your angry, angry, angry. Wow, that must hurt a lot. And he's still angry, angry, angry. And you keep on showing the compassion with these, these words of play, these words mm. of exploring what he's feeling, exploring what happened, exploring yes. the, um, the brother, the maybes. The I wonders, those kind of wow. sentences, that diffuses an awful lot, again, because foundationally, they see, feel seen and heard. Wow. Man, there's so wow. many great, sorry, that's, that's, yeah, there's <laughs> just so many. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> episode done. Thank you. No, just meaning that there's so much <laughs> that you just gave right there in that first part. And it's so, like you said, so beautifully it's so foundational. And there were so many takeaways. I love like mamas, if one phrase could stick out to you is like, at least it stood out, stood out to me was join the wonder, become a part of the wonder, observe. I love that we can learn so much in life just by observing. And, you know, you reminded me of something I recently just, uh, I had a, a woman that I had been coaching recently and she, she, she was like coaching me in a moment. She shared with me this like great quote that she uh, had come across lately and I'm totally going to probably butcher it, but she basically had been struggling with disciplining her children and letting her emotions react um, off of their emotions. And she said that she read this quote where it said something about the best way that you can discipline your children is to discipline yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow. I mean, it was one of those like light bulbs for me that I'm like, it makes sense. Like when you hear it, you kind of know that, but to really acknowledge it and to own it, accept it and then, and then partner with it. Like, that's what I love that you're showing is how moms can partner in these moments instead of fighting it, instead of, um, you know, reacting and going, uh, lo letting loose in our own emotions, joining in it and, and creating this sense of wonder in yourself. And then it reminds us to play because I think as adults, we, we forget to play so much, you know, and it's so necessary. It seems, especially with raising children. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you said discipline. And I want to say that that's um, a word that sometimes can feel abrasive. And sometimes we think of discipline as a, as a practice. I mean, really, discipline is a multiple meaning word, isn't it? Yes. One of those meanings I want you to, you know, like what you're saying is true. And I want to say, embrace the meaning of practice for discipline. It is something we practice over and over. And so like getting into that mindset of wonder, you know, like that's like what you're saying, join the wonder. I think that if we can constantly tell ourselves in our mind, pause, join the wonder. If you have a key phrase like that, that just stick in your pocket so you can give yourself a reminder, that is yeah. the practice or helping yourself get back into the state. And that's what I think um, we should do for discipline because at least for me as a young mom, I would be harsh on myself when I think to discipline myself. I did it wrong again. And so discipline was more of like shame, punishment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but guilt, asthma, yeah. Yeah. And we don't need that. That doesn't help anybody. So when you become a person that is able to be gentle with yourself and think of the discipline as practice, like I'm going to get into the practice of this and then, oops, I forgot. Now I'm going to get back in it again and let it go as simply as that. The way we would with our kiddos that simply drop the ball and you say, pick it back up and it's fine. Then, you know, that is the kind of discipline that I hope that every mama hears when you say that, because I think that that is the, I think that's right. I think it's good. Yeah. Yes. And I think, okay, go ahead. No, sorry. The one little caveat I just wanted to say is something that we say a lot in our bilingual household is what's in a word. And sometimes everything is because it's so every word is different to every person. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because definitely discipline can have so many um, harsh judgmental feelings or just negative cognitations to it. So I'm so glad that you brought that into our mindset. And I love that you emphasized um, making it be like a practice, almost like a spiritual practice of prayer, right? That's like a spiritual discipline or to be in the gym, you know, not looking at it as a shameful thing, but that physical discipline of committing to your body's, you know, wellness and your, and your health. And it's the same way here. And right before you dive into your next point, I would love to say, I would love to give a little assignment already here in this episode. I think it would be so wonderful mamas. If, as we said, what's in a word, if you would take a moment, if you would just open up the notes on your phone or take a little notebook today at the end of this episode and write out what the word play means to you because that was such a great exercise that you had me do and I love that once we define what play means to us then we can really start to own those words and bring that into our everyday life with our children and remember to partner with them in that fabulous fabulous now you asked me how and what yes I'm curious about this what Okay, so how we communicate, and then what we communicate. So now I'm going to talk mm. about the what, and this is meaty. So this might be the place where your mamas want pencils or and paper. <laughs> or not. Okay, so what we say, the common thing that I see and have coached numerous parents on is the idea of, okay, so you have a two-year-old, and your two-year-old says typically two-word sentences. I've got a random five word sentence and I've got a random one word sentence. And sometimes they don't say anything at all as they <laughs> me. But if I kind of whittled it away, they're saying about two words is maybe an average. And then I hear mamas or dads say to their kiddos, uh, put your shoes on and then go get your coat on and meet me at the car. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> they lost you. But the kids don't say what. They just go play with their toys. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was a bad example because two-year-old, you don't say, go meet me at the car. But you get my message is that yes. there's too many words for the amount of, of language that the child already has. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we communicate with our toddlers, not sometimes, all the time, here's how I want you to divide it. Sometimes we are teaching them language because we want to give them more robust sentences. We want to expand what it is that they're saying. We give them good examples in our language, right? We, we do that because that's normal language. So your English is going to be your normal English that you're using with them. However, when it comes to a time that you want them to come right now, <laughs> you put it in the length that they understand. And you know, by watching them, oh, they probably average around two. And here's the, the um, key for you guys from a speech therapist standpoint. This is not exact. I'm not going to give you to the hundredths, but a one-year-old average is one word. A two-year-old average is just under two words. A three-year-old is just under three. Four is four. Five is five. After that, it doesn't fit. But those are the ballpark then for the length of sentence that you should use. No more than that. If you are in a moment where you absolutely want your child to obey right now, if you use a lot more words than that, they're processing. They need more time to think about it. They may or may not catch it. And they'll catch it if it's been a routine and they may not catch it if you change one word or you change the environment. So when you're in the bathroom and you tell them to brush their teeth, they understand. But if you're in the living room and you tell them to go brush their teeth, they don't know how. They don't know what you're talking about anymore. So what you say is learned in context and it needs to be the length. If you're trying to get obedience, you you want the length of sentence that you're sure that they're going to understand. So when we're talking meltdowns, sometimes those meltdowns happen just because we moms and dads say too much to them. Right. (laughs) You you talk to your 10-year-old, you talk to your 8-year-old, you turn around and talk to your 2-year-old, and you said the same thing to all of them, and you didn't really realize it. Right. Right. Yeah. So so the what is, here's, so when here's how I'll, I'll divide it out. When you want something said... I mean, done immediately, correctly, get into the ballpark of what it is that they can understand, which is about the number of words per sentence. If you are just communicating with them, just talking, just sharing, you don't have to worry about that. But then in that communicating and talking, if you're asking them a question like, can I have a bite of your popsicle? (laughs) And they say no, (laughs) because they're not combating you they answered your authentic question with an authentic answer they don't want to give it Mm. so so when we are communicating with our littles remember that be direct when it matters Mm -hmm. keep Mm -hmm. it short when it matters if you're using long sentences or if you're using questions and it doesn't really matter then you just go right ahead and you accept their answers as it is but I can't tell you the number of times I hear moms and dads say, um, can you put your coat on? And the child says, no, <laughs> very happily. Yep. Like yep. It's fine. No. And it simply means they don't want to, but the child had no idea it was a direction. Mm. So, there's, so 
when we're asking a question and we get no as a response, then we can, we have to change our language to say, oh, I think I said that wrong (laughs) and say, you need to put your coat on or go get your coat on. So being a little more, like you said, choosing the moments when you need to be more direct, or for instance, let's say that, let's see if I'm, if I am listening correctly, or if I'm adapting correctly to your beautiful words of advice is, so say that child was two years old, that is a little over their threshold of, of words there. Would it be better and more direct to say something like coat on? Yes, absolutely. If you're talking about a little one, like you're saying, you're talking to littles here. Mm -hmm. And so coat on is fabulous because coat on will be understood. And then when you're trying to expand their language, you can say, put your coat on like while you're helping them. Mm -hmm. And when, when you're giving the direction for cooperation, it's coat on. And then you're, Mm. as you're zipping it, you put your coat on. Good job. Right. And you give more. Now I, Well, what my follow-up question there is because of being a mom of a littles myself, but I also know that a lot in my Facebook community, we have this uh, daily, um, we have this, sorry, this weekly prompt where I, I get mamas talking about kind of like their mom struggles or what they're, the, I call it mom wish Wednesday. Like basically what is something you wish you could change right now? Like if you could put out a wish or a desire or a prayer out there into the world, what's something that's just not going your way. And so often I'm seeing a lot of moms are struggling with communicating to their child once their child is at that height of say an emotional moment or temper tantrum. So say with this example that you say coat on, or can you put your coat on please? And they just don't want to, and you need to get out the door. I even find myself here too. So I'm curious what you would share with a mom that say feels the need or the desire to want to communicate to her child this is why, like explain almost like the why behind, you know, as she's putting this jacket on a screaming child who she's trying to calm down. Would you say for a two, three, four-year-old, like, is it important that we explain the why, or is it important in that time when they're emotional to explain and to try to communicate that to that then? Or is that something more for later or something maybe they're not developmentally ready for? I'm curious what you have to say. This, this is different per child, of course, mm-hmm. but in general, when mm-hmm. a child is in a full blown fit, they're mm-hmm. not going to comprehend. Just mm-hmm. agree with them. I okay. see you don't want to put your coat on. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You don't actually want to put your coat on. I don't want to put my coat on either. And then put your coat on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they see you put your coat on while you're saying, I don't want to put my coat on and you put your coat on. And then you say, you have to wear your coat. No, 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 no. Sorry. You have to wear your coat. I'm I'm sorry, but agree with them. And maybe you don't validate, validate. Yeah. And you know, maybe you don't want to apologize. I just gave the example to say, I'm sorry, but it's, it's more of agree with them that they are, you know, that they're right. That you don't, they don't want to, that's okay. You don't want to, doesn't mean you don't have to. And then when they've calmed down, you can talk more about it. Sometimes I think too, that in this particular example, and I think we've seen it many, many times, um, I've been teased by my family of being the person that says, put your coat on, because I'm actually cold, not them. (laughs) Mm, 
that's like a whole nother episode right there, right? <laughs> well, it, it's kind of true. So some of the times we as moms want to protect our kids so much that we don't let them experience the world. So in as much as we can, and this is a judgment per every single situation, I'll tell you a story. My daughter, when she was about three, she woke up in January and I live in Minnesota. She woke up in January, looked outside and she said, I want to go swimming. The sun is shining. And she got her swimsuit on. And I said, you can't go outside swimming today. It's cold. She goes, no, it's not. The sun is shining. And she was Mm -hmm. so insistent. And her one-year-old sister wanted to join her too. Her sister was 18 months or so. And so what we decided to do was we put on pants and a coat underneath the swimsuit for the (laughs) one-year-old. And we let the three-year-old go outside in her swimsuit with boots on. And she walks outside and it's about 20 degrees or 10 degrees. And it's cold. She was out for about 10 seconds. And she says, yeah. Done. <laughs> and she came in. Wow. Happy, but she learned and it didn't harm her. Mm-hmm. It didn't even hurt her. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that she was going to get hurt by the cold. But then I thought, wait a minute. She isn't, she's smart. She's not going to stay out there. And if she does, I'll go fetch her. You know, right, right. But, but there's a real good learning that can happen some of the time, not all, of course, nothing's 100%. But when our children are insistent, I don't want to put my coat on or drink my milk or whatever it is. There's certain things that we can say, that's okay. And when we can say that's okay, we do. But if we become in our heads insistent and we get into the power struggle in the first place, then you're kind of in a catch-22 because now you need to keep your word. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So if we can pause as moms, and this this was one of the key things that one of my girlfriends taught me who had some kids that were older than mine. She said, pause before you answer. Don't answer right away. Just wait and ask yourself, does this matter? Wow, that's a beautiful takeaway um, for this episode as we as we actually bring it to a close here soon is uh, does it matter? Because I think we've all as moms, we've probably all heard the phrase uh, pick your battles in life. And it is so true when it comes to parenting is thinking about does it matter? Does it matter now? Does it matter uh, in general, and some of this may be, of course, different layers of an onion to uh, un- to discover, of course, and to give ourselves, we're going to go back to that grace again, giving ourselves that grace um, to discover that and to figure that out. But um, wow, I'm so, I feel as a mom of a almost three-year-old and bringing another one into the world, like I feel more empowered today just by these tangible steps that you've given us and to show how language as scary as it can be, especially for our little ones, which I love that you painted that so clearly today. I think we sometimes can forget to put ourselves in their shoes and where they're at. But if we can both look at that, you know, if we can look at, hey, we're both a little scared. Mommy's scared. You're scared. We're both kind of scared on the same playing field. Like, but take ourselves, you know, over that fear and realize that communication really can be a beautiful tool to build connection with our toddlers what a gift, what a gift that this season can be and what a gift we can give ourselves by asking ourselves just sometimes simple questions like, does this matter? And how can I, how can I uh, join the play, join the play with them? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then when you can do that, it becomes so much easier and, and it does become more fun mm. because sometimes what, what we think about as mattering doesn't, it's small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it does matter, but yeah. to learn differences actually just takes practice. It takes some discernment. Yeah. And that means like choosing wrong, realizing and choosing differently the next time. And we'll have this all through our lives. So, so again, mamas go easy on yourself as you yes. learn all through the, through yes. this, you know, like I'm still learning too. And if right? you're tired or you're hungry or you've got something else going on, you know, we don't always come to the table with our hundred percent self. We come as we are with our children yeah. and we do what we can that day, which isn't going to be the same as yesterday because we may or may not have the same amount of wherewithal within us. Wow. So beautiful. So many juicy golden nuggets to walk away with today. And I love that we kind of ended on this note of saying, you know, take that pressure off mama, you know, because you know, if they say the, the nights are long, but the years go by quickly, it's like, you know, before we know it, our littles will be, they'll be school age and there'll be teenagers. And as you see, they'll be having babies of, of their own. And uh, it's, it's just a great reminder to slow down in these moments and to remind ourselves that it can be fun and allow ourselves to have fun because when we are moms, however we find ourselves to become moms, you know, um, we love our children so much and we love seeing them play. And so I love that today we've invited moms listening into us today to join in that play and have fun playing with your children today, even in their tough and challenging moments. And so I would love to give every single woman today an opportunity to connect with you more and to get a chance to, uh, you know, pick your brain or to ask you questions if they would like. So what is the best way that anyone who is just so amazed and enthralled by you, how can they best connect with you after this episode's over? Um, through an email, hello at the language of play.com would be a great place to communicate with me. And I love to take questions and turn them into podcast episodes. If you want to know more about the language that we use with play, um, that would be the language of play as my podcast. So yes, yes. So let me be here. This is fabulous. Oh, it was such a pleasure. I'm, I'm over here as you're talking. I'm over here fully participating. I'm taking notes. I mean, oh my gosh, I just soaked this up like a sponge. So mamas, you're definitely not alone. Uh, don't feel, uh, you know, don't feel embarrassed if this was, you know, a lot of light bulb moments or new things for you, because it was for me too. And we all, I think just get to grow together. That's my heart. That's my intention for you. And so, um, so that you can more properly make sure that you connect with Dina Lynn, I will make sure that I put those links to her email and also her podcast below please go listen to her podcast it is so good of so much really tangible practical tactical tips of how you can better communicate with your children um, of so many different ages and i know we're going to collaborate on an episode someday so you may hear a familiar voice on her podcast but again i'll make sure i put that in the show notes below and so dina lynn i just want to say thank you so much for communicating with me today and bringing me into play i'm over here making fists and doing things with my fingers and i already already feel like I'm in such a better space to just go play with my toddler tonight and communicate with him even better. So I just want to say again, thank you so much on behalf of all of Mom Nation here. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you. It's been a privilege and a delight to be here. Thank you, Cheyenne. You are so welcome. And every single mama still here today. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for participating with us. And uh, I'm just so proud of you. You're doing so well, so much better than you probably think that you are can imagine. So know that you have some people in your corner, Dina Lynn and I and myself, and I am just so, so proud of you for dedicating this time to yourself today because you are worth it. Hey mama, do you wish there was a way to stop feeling emotionally drained by your life as a mom of littles? Do you wish you could have more energy for your husband without constantly feeling just totally physically exhausted? I know what it feels like to want more from your life than just being a mom. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed with well, where to begin to stop the stress in my everyday life and to have no idea what healthy habits to implement into my own home that'll actually make a difference. I also know what it feels like to be totally lost and how, how to create a realistic and sustainable plan that works for me in my home. And you know, I know what it feels like to just think that you just can't be energetic while you parent a household full of littles that demand so much of you. At least one that doesn't rely on either coffee for energy or wine to distress. Am I right? Well, now I want you to imagine if you no longer felt completely exhausted at the end of your day. Imagine if you had the time to go on dates with your husband and you had the energy to give yourself some much needed me time. And if you had easy to implement systems and strategies that would allow you to be that energetic and vibrant mama you want to be all at the same time while still raising your kids the exact way you want. Well, I have great news for you. That's why I created the More Energy Method, a customized blueprint to clear your chaos and bring back more energy into your everyday life. It's where I teach you to decrease stress while increasing your energy. You will be able to stick with this super simple plan, tailor-made for you, by the way, that will establish new healthy habits that'll unlock energy without taking away focus from your kids or require huge commitments of time. You will walk away with crystal clear clarity of exactly what to focus on. You'll walk away with a plan that will help you exactly know how to do it. And with the confidence as a woman, wife, and mother to make the changes you need to and keep them for good. So mama, if you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed and exhausted the moment you wake up and instead feel rejuvenated throughout the day and go to bed satisfied, even as a busy mom of littles, then there's no time like the present to take this step for yourself when you right now can actually get 20% off during the month of April and May. This offer will expire come June 1st, and I think we can both agree you deserve this freedom right now. Plus, when you buy now, you get my special bonus where I show you exactly how to implement this blueprint with your husband and unlock his own energy too. So go, head to energyformoms.com. I even have the link below to make it very simple for you. It's time to lose the stress while gaining yourself back and have endless amounts of energy for yourself, your husband, and a life beyond just your littles.